0: Welcome to Backlist and Chill. I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia.
1: I'm Cinna from Ohio.
0: And here we are with our season 10 intro. I can't believe we've made it this far.
1: Season 10 feels appropriate for this too because it feels like a long way in even though it's not actually that many episodes but like it's a long way in it's a solid number Mm -hmm.
0: it's a milestone
1: yeah there you go it's a milestone and we're getting back to like a milestone author for us
0: yes this is the author that you and i have both read the most of without like the podcast having us read it right and you know this is how we met absolutely so this is our intro for season ten with Amelia Atwater Rhodes. If you have not listened to our previous Amelia Atwater Rhodes intros, once upon a time, little smaller Ollie and little baby Sina met on mm-hmm. the fan boards for Amelia Atwater Rhodes. That's that's how we know each other. Like you know, it's eighty true. years ago. Yeah, right. When- <laughs>
1: Back before the telephone was invented, and we all just communicated. <laughs> we didn't by have us. sliced
0: bread. Yeah, <laughs> Betty Betty White wasn't born yet.
1: <laughs> it was very interesting having like a threaded conversation via <laughs> pigeon,
0: but we made it work. We did, we did. The most interesting part of this season with Amelia Atwater Rhodes is we're moving on to the new Den of Shadows, which means we were friends. We knew each other before these books came out.
1: We did. I mean, I was a full-on adult when these books were
0: coming out. Yep. I-, I couldn't fucking tell you what was going on in my life when these books were coming out.
1: We were we were talking again. Oh, shit. these books
0: were coming out. Were
1: we? Yeah, we started talking again around the time Poison Tree came out.
0: Oh, wait. If we started talking around the time when Poison Tree came out, that means I was homeless <laughs>
1: before That sounds this. right.
0: Okay, this makes more sense now. Yeah, because I wouldn't have had a whole lot of internet access, and I was busy you know, building a convention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was a, there was a lot of trauma happening. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's that why is, I don't yeah. remember
1: this period.
0: Yeah. It's a rough period, but it is interesting because at this point when the books are coming out, we are no longer like you're no longer on the boards. You're not even really mm-hmm. like you're still a fan, but not necessarily of the new stuff. The the caveat I always have to give when we talk about Amelia Atwater Rhodes, uh, we did date for a period of time. We were friends for a lot longer. We had broken up by this point um, mm-hmm. when these books were. A lot of them had been some form of written, or we'd like had IHOP lunches to chat about problems in the in the plots and things like that to like get through the different threads. But right before Wyvern Hill came out, the fifth book. In mm-hmm. the Kieshara, which was the previous one. I forget what season that was for us. Maybe season six. Uh, right before that one came out was when me and Amy had a bit of a falling out. Because there was, there was the no longer dating. And we were like, kind of in touch, kind of not in touch. It was just, you know. And then, of course, I was homeless for a couple of years. <laughs> right. And you weren't in touch with anybody. <laughs> exactly. Nobody knew where I was. So I've got like a weird perspective on this one. And, and we'll get into it more as we go along. But like, yeah. So... Neither of us was really being a fan.
1: No, I I had fallen off towards the latter end of the Kishara.
0: It's very interesting that we both kind of had that happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would read them when they came out, but I didn't like them, so I wasn't like hype for what was coming after.
0: Right, you weren't like I have to be at the bookstore on Tuesday to get the book. Right,
1: and then like because of how much I disliked. The last few books of the Keshara. years and years went by before I read Persistence of Memory.
0: Yeah, I am not sure Uh, I ever fully read Persistence of Memory. Understandable. Yeah, but I know I ever, you know, stopped into bookstores and read, like, the opening. (laughs) So, like, that is my biggest memory of what happens in Persistence of Memory. And otherwise, it's going to be like probably a brand new book that I go, "Eh, I feel like I vaguely remember this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I read it once when I was reviewing stuff on Live Journal. Nah, this was before the site. This was Live Journal, baby. What?
0: Yeah, a million years ago. Oh my God. This is so long ago. How does this feel longer ago than the other two seasons?
1: I don't know, but it really does. It feels ancient. But. No, I fucking hate it. of
0: memory. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it.
1: Okay, so I I finished reading it in December of 2009. So I guess I didn't wait that long.
0: Okay, yeah, because uh, so let me see. I'm gonna scroll back up. All right, all right. So uh, we're we're a little all over the place. Let me let me scroll us yeah, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are the books we're gonna talk about this season, Ollie? <laughs> well, sinna, I'm so glad you asked through my voice. You're welcome. <laughs> So in our first season with Amelia Atwater Rhodes, we discussed the original Den of Shadows series, which only consisted of four books, but because the third book, Shattered Mirror, had a sequel in the new den, All Just Glass, we read All Just Glass during that season. We're not going to, we're going to save ourselves and we're not going to read that one again, even though it was a, from what I remember of that series, you know, I'm like, oh, actually All Just Glass holds up pretty well when you... You yeah, know, look at it comparatively. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind rereading it, but I don't want to like talk about it again because that would be five books for us to read. And we know how hard it is for us to do five books in a season. Too much cake, too much pie, and too
1: much. And part of the reason I've been dreading this season was because I thought it was going to be like a million
0: books. It always felt like it was like eight more books. It's it only really five.
1: Did it's wild.
0: Yeah, it's just each of the books is a slog. You're not wrong. So we're only going to do four of the the New Den books because you can go back to, I think, season two of ours and Mm -hmm. and listen to our review of All Just Glass. So the ones we are going to read and drink about, probably heavily, are (laughs) Persistence of Memory. This was published in uh, December 9, 2008. Then we are reading Token of Darkness, published February 9, 2010. Skipping All Just Glass, that one came out January 11th, 2011. Not doing it. So we'll move on to Poison Tree, which came out July 10th, 2012. And finally, Promises to Keep, which came out March 12th, 2013. So these are almost all a decade old. Promises to Keep is nine years old. Again, how does that feel like it's like way longer ago than the year like 2002?
1: I don't know. These do feel much older than anything Holly Black
0: ever wrote. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Um oh and a uh, an important note on Promises to Keep as the final book in the new Den of Shadows. It is also like what the capstone on the Den of Shadows series itself. It is the chronologically latest story that happens in the Den of Shadows series. There's another uh series we're gonna check out but... in some future season. The Mavra, which takes place in the 1800s.
1: Future season far away
0: <laughs> in the distant future. The year 2000. <laughs> and that one also takes place in the Den of Shadows, but it is before. Promises to Keep is the one that just ends the Den of Shadows.
1: Which is so wild, because like, let me tell you, I read that book and it did not feel like a big finale.
0: No. And I mean, it isn't, it just sets up like a change, you know? Mm-hmm. it's just no longer the den of shadows the black pit
1: well i man it'll be very interesting to reread it with that <laughs> the black pit <laughs> it's just rewound and caught up with that um it'll be very interesting to read it with that in mind as like the idea of it being a big change because i because
0: <laughs> when you read it you were expecting it to be the finale <laughs>
1: it made no impression i don't even know like i'd have to go back and read my own fucking review cuz i don't remember anything about that
0: book from what i remember of many of your reviews of these books and the mavera ones there was just that that problem that we ran into with other ones where it's like i read this book maybe an hour ago and i couldn't tell you what happened (laughs) it's gone it's already pushed out did i even enjoy it while i was reading it i don't know i could have hated it i could have loved it it was just a thing i did for a few hours
1: right i have no idea i could not tell you what the main character's name is let me go back to just reciting the lyrics to the new encanto song over and over and over again (laughs) that requires more space takes priority
0: yep this is where my brain is it's just, you can look at the original done, and it feels like it's building towards something. Sure. And having read through some of the like descriptions on these, as you'd gathered up a bunch of awesome information, they also feel like they are building towards something until suddenly they don't. But I think they do it in a way that is just world building, as opposed to plot. And so they just do nothing.
1: I think that's the most interesting part of this chunk of books, because uh, for me, like I was so immersed in the boards and stuff. There was a lot of knowing the idea of what was coming next, you know, like, oh, we're going to talk about how, you know, the Kishara is coming and how that fits into the current books and stuff. But because, you know, I was pretty separate from the fandom when these were coming out, they were just books and i didn't really have an idea of how they fit together or even that they were supposed to fit together in a particular way and the idea of them fitting together in a particular way feels a
0: little bit like a retcon (laughs) Um, yeah i i feel like it does probably does these books a disservice to call them a series and that like maybe that was on the publisher and maybe it was on the author maybe with some combination like yes they are all in the same universe all the same rules of the previous books apply but like there's at least one of these that you you don't need to know anyone from the other books to go in and read it
1: well and i think the most interesting way for these books to exist in the way that like i thought that they existed as they were coming out was just as more modern stories from this world as opposed to things that were building onto one another and i don't think that they were pitched or marketed as things that built on top of one another yeah do you uh because honestly i don't remember any marketing for these
0: well like start there i'm pretty sure persistence of memory got some marketing in fact i know it did because it had like a oh shit hold on let me look up a thing So there was uh, a Teen Book Video Awards 2008 finalist, Persistence of Memory, because they had a trailer for Persistence of Memory.
1: Yes, I did link that in our Google Doc and I have not watched it.
0: Oh, I remember it. Right. Okay, so it had like a book trailer, right? And this was around when people were starting to try to do book trailers. Right. 2008. Yeah. So they did have... Some stuff. I was going to see if it listed on the back of Persistence of Memory uh, what its marketing campaign was.
1: It should on whatever ARC you have the other ones.
0: Yeah, I've got ARC. um, Promises to keep. Let's see. Nope. Nope. It doesn't list anything. It just says, it's a book. This is when it's coming out. So clearly by by promises to keep, the final one, there was no marketing.
1: I found a bunch of blog tours for the latter ones.
0: Oh, but you know what I hated about blog tours? What? It was always like two or three questions and very often the same questions.
1: Oh yeah, by people who didn't know anything or give a shit about the book they were asking about? Yeah, they
0: were just like, sure, yeah. you'll fill in for my Wednesday slot. Here we go.
1: Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I'm getting I'm like getting in good with the publisher by doing this for you, sweet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I remember reviewing books for a good long while with the magazine. Mm-hmm. And I... Researched way too hard for my author interviews. (laughs) You did, Ollie. You really did. Thank you. I tried. I wanted the interviews to be interesting for the readers and the authors. That's what mattered to me.
1: Honestly, like I, you know, I spent a few. uh, I spent a day, but a pretty big chunk of the day. Thank you very much. Looking into like these books and reading, you know, the interviews on the blog tours, at least the ones that I could get to. Big ups to the Wayback Machine, but. The questions that they would ask, like, I would go into these interviews looking for tidbits about, like, well, what was the thought process behind fucking Poison Tree? But nobody would ask that. They would just ask generic, boring questions, like, what's your advice for writing? Like, blah, 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 you know.
0: Nobody cares. Ask about the book.
1: Right. And But they didn't. Very rarely would there be an interview that would have an actual tidbit about the book itself. Most of them were pretty generic.
0: <sighs> That's so frustrating because, like, that's what I want to know with any book. It doesn't matter who I'm interviewing. Like, what inspired you to write this? You you yeah. spent your time writing a you know 25k to up to 150k word story. Where did this come from?
1: <laughs> and it's it's not hard to get an author to talk about their fucking inspiration. You asked okay. Me about
0: my inspiration? Oh strap in
1: right you've practiced this interview in your head for years
0: come on (laughs) you've been waiting and finally someone asked yeah because i feel like the what do you what advice do you give to young writers or or writers in general that's such a boring question that hasn't like and i get it i understand you want to know it's a famous writer blah 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 it doesn't matter their their whole thing was a very different path than yours is going to be. Yeah, right? It's like, yeah, 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 enough about you and your book, how do I become a writer? Right, that's what that's the way it Slays me is like, even
1: if you ask a generic question, at least make it about themselves. Like, yeah. I, you know. It's the point of an interview, okay?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, and especially like we've seen, you know, Amelia's old websites where there would be tons of information. (laughs) Yes, which is, you know, the only reason that we do know anything about these fucking books because nobody asked. And maybe it's because there just wasn't a whole lot going on.
1: I I mean, it's true. I feel like even while they were still publishing, uh, Amelia's books
0: felt very niche. Yeah, you had to be really into specifically those books
1: yeah so in terms of like the context of these books together i feel like when i see these books talked about these days and honestly it may just be you and me talking about that like I don't, I don't know but like <laughs> i think we are <laughs> I, I feel like when i see these books spoken about there's this idea that the last four were kind of building to promises to keep as like this big capstone as you put it while I was reading it as I said that didn't I didn't notice (laughs)
0: Um, which is unfortunate because it means you as a person who already liked the author knew nothing about any marketing because again I don't really think there was any and that means the books themselves didn't do that
1: right like they did not make the impression of building on one another it just made the impression of these are more stories in this world right yeah so like I I went back through the blog entries and stuff that were on uh the Den of Shadow site and then later on the Blogspot site
0: mm-hmm. and in 2009. So that's after Persistence of Memory but before Token of Darkness.
1: Yes, but Token of Darkness has been written is has been settled on as the book to follow Persistence of Memory. Mm-hmm. In 2009 there's a journal entry about somebody beta reading All Just Glass as Knowing that that one is probably what's going to follow the the ghost one, yes,
0: follow right. So I'll just gloss the sequel to Shattered Mirror from the first series,
1: and they're talking about the stories built on one another. like forests, deals with the last of the light witches. Even though I don't actually say that, demon <laughs> sets up new mayhem in the modern power structure of Silver's line. Shattered deals with the last of the Vita Witches. Predator deals with Midnight and Bruja. Persistence deals with more shapeshifters in Pandora and Shyvana and Ajila. Token introduces the human sorcerers and human power. Glass, uh, more about the Vitas and the Aran and the Marinich lines. Poison Tree, Bruja and Single Earth. Each book is meant to be a standalone, and I never thought of the Den of Shadows series as a series leading to any kind of finale, But the conversation with their beta made them realize how much of the series is a setting of pieces and posturing.
0: So even the author was like, these don't go together.
1: Right. Well, like the idea in 2009 that these books were being retconned into like these books that have been written for like many years because that's... That's 10 years later. And I think that's very interesting because after this blog entry... I think that's when they write Promises to Keep as the finale book.
0: Yeah, well, because if Poison Tree is already being listed.
1: Yeah. Promises to Keep was the 2009 nano book, which would have been just after this blog post. Oh, wow. Because it was in September. So if it
0: was the nano book in 2009 and then it comes out in 2013? Wow. Yeah. So this will be an interesting (laughs) and terrifying season. (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I think it will be an interesting and terrifying season because neither of us particularly likes any of these books. I think I've read Chunks of Persistence of Memory. I know I read Token of Darkness once. I've read Poison Tree once and I've read Promises to Keep once. I'm assuming same for you? Yeah.
1: One and done for all of them.
0: Okay. So this will be each of our second read. And clearly, like looking at this this timeline here, if you read it shortly after they came out, We're still looking at at least nine years since either of us read Promises to Keep. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. It's got to be like reading it for the first time. I mean, it really will be, especially, you know, in the context of the backlist. The backlist.
0: Yes. I'm I'm looking for growth. Mm -hmm. I want that to be there. I want to be able to recognize it. Because, of course, the author is, uh, let's see, out of college, I'm assuming at this point in college i think while writing persists. most of them yeah but yeah it's like you're solidly no longer in high school you're not the teenager that we were willing to forgive with the first season so a little bit more gloves off on this the selection of books again i can't i hate <laughs> to call it a series these these last four in <laughs> the bibliography
1: yeah and I think even when I was reading these for the first time, I think growth was also what I was looking for back then, right? I was mm-hmm. like, what will these stories, which, you know, tie in with the books that I enjoyed as a kid, how will they look like uh, in a, a modern, finger quotes, 10 years ago? Context, you know.
0: Yeah. Because so. if you're looking at it, Persistence of Memory is book 10 for Amelia Alwater Rose. Mm-hmm. That is a decade of publishing. They were 15, 16, so they're, like, 26 when this publishes. Sure, you're a little younger, but you're still, you're still like, in your mid-20s. Yeah. I just don't remember them being fun. No. So I remember that for Amelia, there was this sense of, like, well, librarians and teachers give these books to kids. Mm-hmm. So having, like, kind of responsibility to the audience. And I, I worry slash wonder if that held back a lot of stuff. If they would have been different, if it was just, just write, just write for the hell of it, write for the fun of it, you know, be be like you were in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I also kind of have that sense on my tongue with these books, Mm -hmm. that they felt very restrained. And it'll be interesting to read them again, to see if they have that restrained quality to them that I remember. (laughs) Which is, of course, wild, because some of the shit that gets dealt with in at least some of the later books is like, really? You're going to (laughs) restrain yourself here? On these topics? All right. Even this next one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I just remember the thing that stuck out to me most about persistence of memory was the, probably not what should have stuck out to me most, but
0: the cartoonish cruelty. I'm not going to mention specifically what it is, but I remember exactly what made you be like, and this happens. Yes. So...
1: Just the idea that like you can you can go there, but go there to a degree that it's it's laughable, you know. Yeah, uh, and I think maybe maybe that might be the problem, you know. Totally just referencing my foggy fucking memories, but the idea that again we're dealing with these tryhards,
0: oh, <laughs> the tryhard
1: vampires, and that going to the extreme with the tryhards in
0: is just so f- funny. I wonder. So in the original 10 and in the Kyashura, there was the enjoyment factor. There was the, what we joked about, where it was like an RPG. Yeah. And you could build your own character. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like there was no interesting group or society or new culture that came out of these that would have felt like, yeah, that's a great supplemental to this series, uh I can see a lot of people wanting to build a character around that. You know the the make believe RPG that we're running in our head here. <laughs> we get all of this new supplemental information and we go I'm I'm good. I've got the core book. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I would say the only the only new thing I think that comes out of this new one is um the the humans, right? The human yeah. sorcerers, the ghosts, the elements Humans
0: can be powerful too. I don't care. <laughs> right. And that one that one being the most boring of them all. Like Right. So it's like you get a little bit more in persistence of memory, I think, for some of the Bruja Guild. Token of Darkness, you've got like human power and sorcerers and Elementals get more talked about in that one, and but again, like who cares? You're like, here's a supplemental for a god that you can't use. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Poison tree is more info on single Earth, but like that's more Bruja stuff too, isn't it? Yeah, it's also more Bruja stuff. So it's like, all right, more Bruja stuff. Which there is at least one cool bit on the Bruja stuff that I was like, oh, we got to learn about. I think Frost was the section. I think so. That's they did like more technology stuff, which of course, back in the late '90s, wasn't. <laughs> Wasn't as much of a thing for the author to think about. So it was, that was fun to see. But Single Earth is not um, a supplemental I was excited for. <laughs> no, and it they don't make it exciting. Mm, correct. And then Promises to Keep is just rehashing a bunch of the, the midnight stuff. Uh. Definitely brings in a lot of the different groups we've seen. But I, for the life of me, I don't think any human power shows up. There's at least one which there's a lot of midnight stuff. There's a shapeshifter and there's an elemental. It's just like, all right, but it's not. A, it's it's not a supplemental. It's kind of like reading the short stories that that uh, Wizards of the Coast put out every <laughs> new Magic the Gathering uh, yeah. set. <laughs> it's like I'm not following this for the characters you've created. I guess I'm following it for the characters I've created. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I remember persistence has. You have to get the persistence book so that you can get the Triste
0: bloodline. True, that's the only one that we get. That isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's the only time they ever fucking talk about the Trists.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I definitely feel like Token of Darkness doesn't belong. And then Poison Tree, like you don't really need it. You could have. I feel like you could have done. Oh my god, here's what I would do to fix this whole organization. Yeah, it's not a huge fix, but Poison Tree should have happened before midnight so that. Shattered Mirror, which dealt with single earth. Now Poison Tree is dealing with single earth and introducing us to the Bruja guilds. And then the Bruja guilds introduce us to Midnight. So you're saying go Shattered Mirror, Poison Tree. Yes. Midnight Mm. Predator. Yeah. That's the order that I would have published that in if I had, you know, full omnipotent god powers.
1: Well, and that's the fun part. You could have because they were written around the same time. (laughs) I couldn't have. Oh, because instead we were filming Poison Tree. I love I love that you were doing that. I love that being on the board, we definitely knew that you were doing that. That that Did existed. You? Yes. Oh, that's funny.
0: It wasn't called Poison Tree at the time though. Miss Tiger Eyes. It was Tiger Eyes, yeah. You remembered that night, didn't? I was like trying to rack, rack my brain. I'm like, what was it called? But yeah, we were we were filming. We spent a summer filming that book i helped tweak it i wasn't that good at you know editing yet but i was okay you know like enough that we found any plot holes and filled them and possibly built new plot holes (laughs) where you can put your fan fiction it's got pockets (laughs) but it was it was a fun summer uh stressful as all get out we'll talk more about that when we get to poison tree though i'm looking forward to it it is definitely the thing that i've been the most excited to talk about because literally no one else in my life could ever give a fuck.
1: <laughs> Nobody, nobody's asking you this
0: question, and now finally. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm the author sitting there at the interview, and someone says, so, tell us about filming Tiger Eyes, and I go, okay. Okay, okay. It's happening. It's happening. I'm ready. I'm ready now. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm very looking forward to Whatever is in my memory, because Persistence of Memory was written, and I didn't read it, right? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about it. Token of Darkness, I didn't know much about it. just Glass had existed in various forms over the years, mm-hmm. so I knew that one. Poison Tree had existed in at least a form, and I knew that one, and then I knew that one intimately. I was one of the directors, and I was, you know, basically a co-writer on this, this film, this little student film that wasn't even a student film, it was literally just us doing it for fun. So all of all of the stuff is like, I'll just glass we've already talked about, it, but Poison Tree is the only one I really have any serious meat on mm-hmm. this season. I have more on the Mavra, but like, I have a personal connection to Poison Tree.
1: Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And I'm very excited to see, you know, your your mental comparison from uh fan film to the book that was published like
0: more than a decade later. Right, and that! That's what it was. That's what I was going to go for. How long it was between mm-hmm. <laughs> editing the script and then doing the movie and then like when the book ever actually came out. I wasn't sure it was ever going to be a book. Mm-hmm. Like All Just Glass and Poison Tree, I think, were like up for possibly being the next books yes. after Wyvern Hale. And if my memory serves correctly, at least All Just Glass was rejected. Really? Yeah. And I think Tiger Eyes was, re- was rejected as well.
1: That's so fascinating to me because Persistence of Memory, it was always there, right? Like, it was one of the older drafts.
0: Yeah, Erin Erin is the character. She'd been around for a long time.
1: It's, it's so interesting, right? Because, okay, all right, all right, all right. So, going back to our fucking string board. Yes. Persistence of Memory chosen after Wyvern Hale. Uh, has been around for a while, like, uh, for folks who weren't who weren't there with us back in the day. Um, you weren't a, there,
0: man, in the trenches <laughs> of the boards. You don't know.
1: Uh, there was a whole section on the site that was like, hello. Uh, hello, these fellow are, teenagers. <laughs> these are all of the, the books that I could ever theoretically publish that I have ever written words on. There were like 60 of them. Yeah, like, here's a list uh, of all of the different stuff that I'm working on or or have worked on. Not even currently working on. It's just, like, here's all my fucking drabbles. But, like, Persistence of Memory was there, and it was there long before it was chosen for publication. And then after Persistence, Amy wrote Token, and it was the first book in a three-book contract.
0: Oh. So that means Token, all Just Glass, and Poison Tree, like, got, like, hey, I've got a three-book deal. I've got these books here. I think, memory-serving, like I said, rejected.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. They didn't know what the other two would be. Wow. All Just Glass and Poison Tree were possibilities, but there were no guarantees per this this blog entry in 2008. Persistence, All Just Glass, and Poison Tree represented a backlog of projects that they wanted to get out for a long time, but were sidetracked by how long the Kieshara ended up being. Right. That's just so interesting to me that, again, these books were, like, just, like, oh, what, what do I got on the shelf that I've been wanting to, to get to? Well, let me yeah. let
0: me look
1: at my fucking cavalcade of drafts, <laughs> you
0: know? I, I feel like I can see in my head the list of books. And, like, a lot of them were just, like, here's, here's a couple numbers and so-and-so's story and so-and-so's mm-hmm. and so's story. And, like, everyone had a story. Worth noting, though, on the whole, like, I think they were rejected thing. Mm-hmm. I think All Just Glass was rejected because of them not wanting to, uh, the publisher not wanting to have the first book after that uh, shapeshifter series be a sequel. Fair enough. That they Fair wanted enough. something that could stand on its own. So, like All Just Glass wasn't rejected because it was bad. Okay. Um, I just remember you know like the editor discussing with these things, and I might even be wrong about rejected, rejected. It might have been like, hey, editor, here's my here's my possibles, here's the write ups for them and what they're about. What do you think? And then being like, nope, what else you got? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. And I feel like Tiger Eye's Poison Tree might have been passed because there was just, like, a lot going on Mm -hmm. that would be very confusing. And, like, you know, everything gets rejected for a reason, right? But I do think it would have been great after Shattered Mirror. It's weird that it ends up being Persistence of Memory because it's just such a kind of nobody ever talks about it. Like, again, I don't know for sure. I haven't read it. I know you've read it, but I don't think there's a single one of these five books in the New Den of Shadows that anyone says that was my favorite book.
1: Well, that's understandable, right? Because, like, the the prime audience for these books were from 10 years before, right? So, Mm -hmm. like... And you're publishing these in 2008, 2009, when we're in like the post Twilight era, where yeah. books are just different. They're longer. A lot of them are, you know, romance focused. Like, yep. there's because they're longer, there's time to go more in depth on stuff. I remember there was a
0: lot of like Hunger Games stuff happening too.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So it's like if you were not a specifically romance, you had to be a badass chick taking down. The man, right. This would have been a great time for Turquoise to take down Midnight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, even even back in their day, these books were so different from the other stuff that was out there. Yeah,
0: they are supremely unique. I don't think I've read anything like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I think though, it's going to be a weird season for us. It's going to be disjointed. There's nothing to build on. Like I, looking back on the Casero season for us mm-hmm. at least there was a story so every book is going to be different which you know we've we've definitely done i remember with annette curtis klaus like each of those were different mm-hmm. but this is the first correct me if i'm wrong but like this is the first time we're doing a series that isn't really a series in a long ass time
1: i i would say that holly black is probably the closest style that we get to this though not yeah like writing yeah. style but like
0: the choice to do a different whole different story over here now yeah yeah, that's another thing too, right? Like, I can't remember where the main character for Persistence of Memory or Token of Darkness or any of them fucking live. I
1: assume New England. It's like Stephen King. It's
0: always Maine. Don't worry about it. <sighs> it's, it's dairy. It's just half an hour outside Derry, Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I want to look for the fun in it.
1: No, I'm so looking forward. Please, God, let it not be... As wet dish rag as I remember, please let it be falls to the wall, stupid. Please. Right. Cause
0: at the time on a first read, you've got these expectations of what, you know, could happen. hmm And now knowing that it's not that, maybe it's just fun. Maybe there's some fun in it.
1: My biggest fear is that these are just gonna be boring. And I would rather them be stupid as hell.
0: That's I that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. Mm. I want it to be so ridiculous. I want there to be so much ability to laugh and meme <laughs> what we talk about. That's what I want. Because otherwise, they're going to be like 45 minutes where we just <laughs> describe the plot and then say, I'm not even done with my drink, but next time I'm on Backlist and Chill, <laughs> see you later. Right. I don't want that. Please be fun. I guess next time, join us for Season 10, Episode 1 where Sina and Ollie talk about Amelia Atwater Rhodes' book, Persistence of Memory. You can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennes, and the podcast is there as well at Backlist Podcast. And you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Endless underscore run. You can also find the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlist and chill, where we release the episodes early.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. Come chat with us on Twitter. It's where we mostly hang out and definitely, like, tag us. Come follow us. Talk about these ridiculous books. Any of our past seasons. Oh! What? What? um, Spotify (laughs) has been great. I've had, like, friends of mine who'd otherwise not listened to the podcast Uh be like... I'm listening to your podcast because it's on Spotify.
1: (laughs) That's so wild. I know we submitted it to Spotify, but I don't ever go on Spotify, so I kind of forgot that was a thing.
0: Yeah. So, like, that's pretty cool. I I love that it's on Spotify now. So, if you catch us on there, you know, we're also on Twitter. Come to us.
1: Come talk to us.
0: Don't just listen to us, talk to us.
1: No, no, talk to us. Come tell us how you felt about these books. What was your fucking impression? Do you have an impression, or did they too just?
0: slide from your mind leaving <laughs> they no just trace disappear. and i know we've got a couple of people who have read this author so it's like mm-hmm. what what do you got come tell us i'm so curious because i've
1: yeah. got i've got no context because again out of the fandom for how these books struck other people who were also right? into amy when they were young so come and fucking fucking tell us are these like your favorite like was
0: this your introduction to this kind of world
1: oh also that I'll be your interviewer. Tell me, uh, (laughs) listener, what did the new Den of Shadows
0: mean to you? What trauma did it help you survive?
1: (laughs) Wow, that's a a big assumption. But yeah,
0: (laughs) maybe that's what it is. I feel like all of the first four books, everyone was like, I was going through, my parents were getting a divorce, or we just moved, or horrible shit. I was like, wow, okay, that's a lot. But this book got me through it. So, like, somebody tell me that, like, Token of Darkness got you through something. That would be great. I'd love that.
1: I mean, I saw somebody in a tweet today say that some, like, YouTube sketch got them through a dark time. I like literally anything. Anything Anything can can be be. any people's, like, anything, so.
0: You don't know. Yeah, you don't know what impact you're making. But we want to know. Tell us. Please tell us. All right, we love you. Bye. Bye.